Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, friends, and welcome back to Everyday Truth and to today's podcast in chapter number 12 of the book of Jeremiah. Have a beautiful postcard from Yosemite a National Park. Uh, it's a national park to which I have never been. I've always wanted to go to Yosemite. Uh, this is from Steve Parker from Santa Maria, California. And Steve listens to the podcast daily. He listens to Carrie Schmidt's podcast as well. And so that's kind of intimidating because Brother Schmidt, he's got some really good material and he's a great friend. Steve, your handwriting is unbelievable. You've got too much time in your hand to have handwriting that that is that good. If indeed you wrote the uh, postcard, which I'm sure you did. So thanks for writing in. Appreciate that. We are in uh, Jeremiah 12. Let's uh, look down, if we can, at verse number 10. Remember, yesterday we talked about the fact that God's heritage, the people whom he loved and the people whom he nurtured, had turned on him. Remember, the lion was roaring at God. The, the speckled bird was being pecked at and attacked by the wild beasts around her. And that was a symbol of the fact that God's people, like that speckled bird, would one day, because of their own sin, because of their own rebellion against God, would be in a position where God allowed the neighboring nations to attack her. Uh, would God would take off of his hand of protection from her. And we find more of that in verse number 10. In fact, verses 10 through 17 deal with the fact that God's people will indeed be attacked and persecuted. God will allow a foreign nation to do its a job uh, in relation to Judah. Look at verse number 10. Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. The word pastor there in verse 10 and, and really throughout the Old Testament is not the New Testament idea of pastor. So the New Testament idea of pastor is the office of a pastor in a church, the, the, the shepherd. That's what the term literally means, pastor. But in the Old Testament, pastor simply referred to a leader. It was a broader term. And I do like the fact that pastor, it did mean shepherd, and a leader should be a shepherd, should be a guide, a gatherer, a protector of people. And yet, oftentimes, the pastor, whether that be the civil leader in Judah, or in this case, the pastors referred to the leaders of a foreign power, were doing anything but protecting and feeding and guiding and leading. Instead, they were destroying. Uh, they were abusing their power. God is observing that this is going to happen to his own people. See, it says, my pa many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. Uh, wh what is God's vineyard? His people. My, my vineyard. They've destroyed my vineyard, and they've trodden my portion, my portion, that's my people, underfoot. 
So God is allowing these foreign leaders to have their way, to run roughshod over the people of God. Look at verse number 11, that that they have made it desolate. And being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The whole land is made desolate because no man layeth it to heart. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. So see the effect of this foreign domination? The land is destroyed. There's just weeping and wailing, and no one one seems to care uh, that this desolation, this judgment is taking place. This is really a prophecy that will ultimately be fulfilled in all three of the, the Babylonian invasions, culminating in the destruction of Jerusalem itself in 586. Verse number 12, the spoilers. So when we talk about a spoiler, the point here is that like the spoils of war, some someone, someone that would come and take that which rightfully belongs to me and take it, steal it. So the spoilers are come upon all high places through the wilderness for the sword of the Lord shall devour from the one end of the land, even to the other end of the land, no flesh shall have peace. What an amazing verse. So, The Bible says that among the spoils of war, when the Babylonians come to destroy Israel, will be the high places. Well, wait a minute. I thought the high places were wrong. They are. But what's interesting is when the Babylonians come and destroy Israel, among the things they'll take will be those high places and sometimes the important artifacts that have been carved or the gold or the silver that's there, that'll be among the things that Babylon takes. In other words, how strong are these false gods that you're worshiping, Judah? They certainly didn't help you. These high places that you've set up uh, to bring you protection, to bring you fertility, they haven't helped you, have they? That's the point. The point is that God is going to use a foreign power to show you that your foreign gods are worthless. That's why the Bible says it's the sword of the Lord. Well, wait a minute. I thought that this is the sword of the Babylonians, the wicked army of Nebuchadnezzar. And yet the Bible says the sword of the the Lord. And what that means is God is using this foreign power. God, they are in his hands. He is in control. God is allowing this to happen. Verse number 13, they have sown wheat, but shall reap thorns. They have put themselves to pain. In other words, working hard, laboring, but shall not profit. And they shall be ashamed of your revenues or your harvest, what they're gaining because of the fierce anger of the Lord. So it it will appear that the Babylonians, like the shepherds, the pastor shepherds they are, will come in and, and harvest the field of, of Judah. In other words, they will they will destroy it and take all the booty and the spoil of war back with them. But what the Bible says is they ultimately will not succeed. Why? Because even though God is allowing them in their wickedness to judge Judah, God is angry with them. God's not justifying their wickedness. God's not causing them to be be wicked. God is simply allowing them to behave in character and using that behavior as a judgment for his people, but in no wise justifying or 
in any way overlooking the behavior of the Babylonians. Look at verse number 14. Thus saith the Lord against all mine evil neighbors. So all these foreign entities that live around Judah, like those beasts of the field that we talked about yesterday, or those other birds that peck at the speckled bird that we talked about yesterday. Well, God says, I see you, Egypt. I see you, Syria and Ammon and Moab. I see you, Babylon. I see you, Assyria. I see these evil neighbors. So the Bible says, thus saith the Lord, against all mine evil neighbors that touch the inheritance which I have caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of their land and pluck out the house of Judah from among them. So what what is God saying? God is saying, listen, I've allowed these evil neighbors to, for a space of time, to come and pluck Judah out of their land, to destroy their land. But I will come and pluck Judah out of their land, the land to which they're taken captive. I will allow them to be taken captive, but then I will take them back. I will pluck them back for myself. Uh, The judgment that I'm going to allow upon my people will only be seasonal. And of course, we know the season was 70 years. That's why we call it the 70-year Babylonian captivity. Verse number 15 And it shall come to pass after that I have plucked them out, I will return. See, that's the return of the exiles, Uh, 539 BC, when Cyrus issued the decree as the head of the Medo-Persian Empire that the people of God could return. And Zerubbabel and Joshua and the 49,000 some odd number of people came back to rebuild the temple, Uh, that there was the return that God is talking about here in verse number uh, 15. And I will return and have compassion on them and will bring them again, every man to his heritage, every man to his land. I'm going to, I'm allowing them to go out. I'm allowing this invasion and this captivity to take, take place, but I will bring them back. Verse number 16, and it shall come to pass if they will diligently learn the ways of my people. Now, who are they? That means the foreign powers. So the Babylonians, if they will learn from my people, well, wait a minute. I thought they were the ones in power. I thought they were the ones that were dominating God's people, that were making God's people learn from them. Remember Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how that Nebuchadnezzar stole them out of the land and made them learn the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. So I thought it was the Babylonians making Israel or Judah learn about them and what they believed and what God said, no, no, no. I've allowed my people to go there, but you better learn from them. You better listen to Daniel. You better listen to these Hebrew boys. You better listen to Ezekiel in captivity. You better look at my people getting right with me and becoming people of the book and worshiping me. You need what they have. They might look to be weak slaves to you, but they have the word of God. So the Bible says here in verse 16, if they will diligently learn the ways of my people to swear by my name, uh, which the Lord liveth, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then shall they be built in the midst of my people. If you want future blessing, you better submit to me. If you want future blessing, 
Uh, don't trust in your own power and wealth and riches. Remember Nebuchadnezzar? Daniel told him on two separate occasions and two separate dreams, you better not think you're uh, that big and that strong. No, God ruleth over the kingdoms of men and he giveth it to whomsoever he will. Verse number 17, but if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, saith the Lord. So just as God was allowing Judah in the present moment to go into captivity, to Babylon. So God said, Babylon, it makes no difference how big and bad you are. You better get right with me too. And if you don't, I am more than able to judge you. And indeed he did. Remember Daniel chapter five and Belshazzar and the writing on the wall and the finger, meanie, meanie, tekel, you farsen, that whole thing. God certainly made good on his promise. So this must have been comforting for Jeremiah in the midst of all of what he's suffering to see kind of down the road of prophecy that God had a bigger plan and God indeed was in control, just like he's in control of your situation too. That's it for chapter number 12. We'll jump into a brand new chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.